we're here we're here so um thanks everybody for being super patient with the technical glitch but we're here at last so just want to say a huge huge welcome and thank you to Jules obviously for joining us tonight um, I know that quite a few people wanted to watch this but obviously tied up for a few reasons so this will be available to watch in the Facebook group um, afterwards um, and I'll also be downloading it and putting it on YouTube so I'll be able to access it in various different places so if you miss it tonight don't worry you'll be able to watch it at a later date so before I kind of kick off with Jules uh, first things first um, in the spirit of honesty I am home alone with two kids in bed uh, my husband is in London, so um, it could all go perfect. <laughs> but let's let's touch with the two children, Stacey. But um, for anyone who's new to Strong Mama Sisterhood, I know that we've had um, quite a few newbies recently um, join. Uh, just to give you a really quick introduction. So um, the Strong Mama Sisterhood was something that has been um, a passion of mine, and I have wanted to set up for quite a long time. And really, what it is is I'm really passionate about helping mums prioritise themselves, to eat better, move more and think more positively um, about who we are and feel empowered as women because we're just absolutely bloody amazing really, we don't give ourselves enough credit um, and one of the ways that I really wanted to do this was to uh, bring real value to this group, was to bring amazing guest speakers in who can share their insights and their own experiences on self-care as well. So tonight I am absolutely super honoured and excited to be speaking with Jules Rutherford of Sober Sisters. So Sober Sisters is a collective of inspiring women who are wanting to improve their relationship with alcohol by reducing or quitting alcohol altogether as a form of self-care. Now I have to be honest, I speak from personal experience when I say that I find it very easy to reach for a glass or two of wine or a G&T in the evenings. I know I've been very honest with Jules about this. And as much as I always think it feels lovely initially, I always feel like I could have done without it the next day when I've got two young children to care for. So I'm really keen to dive right in uh, with Jules and find out more about this amazing community that she's created and some of the experiences and the challenges um, that women face when they want to reduce or quit alcohol. So Jules, welcome so much and thank you for taking the time to speak to us here in the Strong Mom Sisterhood. Um, we've obviously connected over the last few months and one of the things that has struck me um, is your passion for reaching out and supporting women who want to make a change in their life. So where did this all start for you and how did Sober Sisters come to be? Okay, well, first of all, hello everybody and thank you so much for inviting me. It's the first, first one of these I've done, so it's like super exciting. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and I'm a bit flustered because I've had to, I was all set up on my desk and everything. So I'm, I'm now sitting cross-legged on my sofa, which is actually better. So hurrah <laughs> for phones. And all um, Sober Sisters um, was born out of um, a moment in time about 18 months ago when I realized that I was using alcohol for two, for all the wrong reasons, um, that it became, I mean, I, I, as you can tell from my accent, I'm from Newcastle and we know how to drink. I think we might've invented it. Um, and, you know, we know how, you know, how to get on it. So I grew up around alcohol. I had, you know, I, I call it now, I had the bog standard unhappy childhood. So, you know, 
I was drinking from the age of 13, getting drunk to go to the youth club disco. How crazy is that? Um, but alcohol was just a normal part of my life, the same way as it is with everybody, mostly in the UK, especially. And, but I think as, as time went on, and certainly in the last, between five and 10 years, alcohol just became the everything, you know, the background to everything I was doing. That was my social life. It was my stress relief. It was, you know, it was just, every, you know, it was just always there. And I had, when I decided to give up, I'd actually um, been at that point, been traveling and working around the world for about five years at that point. And to be honest, I thought at that stage, I should have been like some skinny, healthy, nut-eating hippie, you know, with perfect hair and, you know, kind of, you know, sandals and flip-flops everywhere and kind of doing Reiki and, you know, omming all day long and living this healthy lifestyle. And to be honest, I was still living the same lifestyle I was when I was in the UK, which just seemed a bit pointless. So I spoke mm -hmm. to a friend of mine, uh, Sarah, who's in the group, um, who'd given up alcohol the year before. And she gave me um, some great advice and said, just stay sober for a month. Just don't try and diet, don't try and exercise, don't change anything else. Just, just, just don't drink for 30 days. Don't commit to giving up and just see how you feel. So I did that. And during that month, which is where Sober Sisters came from, I went onto Facebook looking for advice, you know, insights, you know, anything, just support, because I realized there were groups out there. And I found two things. Firstly, that most of the groups were um, mixed gender, so men and women. And I don't have anything against men, especially, but I just found that the tone of a lot of the conversations didn't really resonate with me very, very much. You know, there was a harshness to some of the conversations that just made me feel uncomfortable. <coughs> and then um, and then the other groups that are on Facebook are the recovery groups for people who are alcoholics. And I was very clear I was never an alcoholic. So, um, and the discussions in there were kind of borderline terrifying and certainly not, didn't really resonate with me and Sarah's in marketing and, you know, she said, well, why don't you start your own group? If you're looking for somebody to talk to, just do it yourself. You know, it's not like you don't know how to do it. Um, so that's where it started. And that was in July 2017. And we're now 1,200. Um, amazing women. Absolutely amazing. Transformed my life, you know. Um, and life is as perfect as I kind of could ever have hoped it would be. Wow. I just think the fact, you know, I've just written the, the fact that this is something that you only, um, is only really been established since last year. And the fact yeah, there's 1200 women already connected who are supporting each other, I think just really demonstrates that, you've really hit a nail on the head, um, yeah. you know, because there are certainly times, I mean, you know, I, I certainly would not class myself as an alcoholic, but there are times when I find that I find it quite easy to reach for a glass of wine um, yeah. because it's that whole, 
oh my God, I've had a really stressful day. I'm going to, I need wine, you know, and it's that kind of. Because we don't think about it. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't question, should I have a glass of wine? Mm. It's like, oh, such a long day. Get a glass of wine. As, yeah. as common as a cup of tea. And that is, you know, that's what alcohol has become in this country. Mm. You know, it's become so, I, I usually use the word, it's like infused in society. It's everywhere. And mm. it's, it's I, I, just now it's starting to become questioned. But in recent years, you know, certainly not since I was young, it's ever been questioned as something that you shouldn't do. And alcoholics were these, were these sort of strange, otherworldly creatures that you never saw. You know, mm. um, so uh, you know, I think, I think what's I think what's become good about sober sisters really is one of the things that I've actually been working really hard on is actually the tone of the conversations that we have. You know, we, we do in that group what you do here, which is women lifting other women up. You know, we, we're kind, we're caring, we're loving, we're supportive and we're compassionate. And that, I think, is probably, I think it's maybe becoming, I, I know it's becoming more common, but it's not that common in internet land. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I think for me, one of the things I'd, I'd, I'd I, I kind of really want to jump into is, is that we talk about obviously reaching for that glass of wine and it being, you know, infused in, you know, our society. But how how do we know when alcohol is becoming a real key part of our life? It's like becoming our go-to way of stress relief or what have you. So, yeah. I think there's... It's different for everybody, but more, the, the most, I've had to write some notes because otherwise I've never remembered all. But um, I think that one of the key ones is just that you start to have a conversation with yourself that you're probably having too much, that it becomes noticeable to you, that that awareness suddenly kind of becomes a thing in your life. Mm -hmm. um, certainly if um, you'll notice if, you're getting through a whole bottle of wine at night. Um, that's yeah. quite common. Um, that, you know, you're thinking about it regularly. Um, and that you, when you sit down in the evening after whatever kind of day you've had, your automatic reaction is alcohol, which yeah. is not actually normal, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And I think as well, I think, it, it, the minute that you start thinking, you know, I should really cut down is probably the time when you need to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes as well, if anybody else mentions it, um, especially if you've got a husband, you know, or a partner, that's sort of like, what, you having another? You having another one? Oh, you having another one? You know, that, that kind of happens. And yeah. I think one, I know one of the things that's come up a lot for Sober Sisters as well is that, they, when they've realized that it's become too important is when they actually realize that their lives have become really, really boring because all you're doing is, you know, is drinking and mm -hmm. don't have the energy or the enthusiasm to do anything else. So you suddenly realize that, you know, your life is a bit dull because that's, you know, that's all you're doing. 
so on, on the kind of back of that, you know, if people are thinking about making those changes, so they, you know, maybe they're becoming aware that they're reaching for that, that bottle of wine every night, you know, it's always very easy to sink a bottle of wine a night. Yeah. Um, what kind of fears do people tend to have when they're starting to think about reducing their alcohol intake or, in, or even thinking, do you know what, I'm going to go sober. I know there's the whole sober for October thing coming up, isn't there as well? So are there any kind of fears? I mean, you'll have come across this in your community, I'm sure. What kind of fears do people face when it... When they're thinking about giving up, I think it's a lot of it is, you know, giving up for a month is kind of most people know they can do it. So it's, it's easy breezy stuff. But what I think when you have that conversation with yourself and you're thinking about giving up a lot of the fear that comes up is that you can't actually do it that you can't actually give up and is your life going to be completely dull and colorless Mm. you know don't drink anymore because we've all been convinced that we are sexy and gorgeous and funny and interesting because we drink which is you know it's totally not true um so there's always that fear of like will my life become dull um there's also and probably the biggest fear and the biggest stigma is is the feeling of the stigma because if you tell somebody you know like wow thinking about kind of giving up drinking there is at least one person that you know at least one if not five will say you drink too much do you do you think you're an alcoholic? You know, and the judgment from other people is, I find it really weird, but it is completely, it's a really big issue. So, and we know the people in our lives who are going to say that if we if we say we're going to give up drinking. Um, and I think there's that that fear that you can't give up, which means you're an alcoholic. Mm. You know? And that, I think that, I know that's a big fear. I have a lot of women in the group who say, you know, uh, I'm an alcoholic. But when you actually look at their behaviours and they look how much they drink and the fact that, you know, they only drink at the weekends and it's a bit bingy, but, you know, they're not alcoholics. They just, they don't want to give up mm. because they think it'd be difficult. And therefore that means they must be an alcoholic because we've got this really weird sort of blurred definition of what an alcoholic is because it's not entirely clear mm, okay yeah I, you know it's really interesting and uh, just listening to you talk about that because you know just thinking about the kind of the, the women that are obviously in my online community obviously we're all mums and I do it, it's funny because there are a lot of um you know, these funny videos that you see on Facebook where, you know, and I, I'd laugh at them and they, and they are funny and it kind of glamorizes, um, you know, the whole, oh, I'm a mum and, a, you know, the glass of wine and, oh, and, you know, and you see them don't you, with like the big glasses of wine and, you know, and it's, it kind of, um, and it is, you know, and I can see the funny side and, you know, don't get me wrong and I love the glass of wine, but, but it's also, like you say, it's so ingrained in our um, awareness that 
do you know like it's accept like acceptable but it's okay like no it's almost like you're not going to be judged if you are drinking a bottle of wine a night because that's yeah, kind of been normalized Normal, you know yeah. and i know i've had conversations with people where i said oh my god you know my husband and i polished off like a whole bottle of wine last night and people have gone oh yeah you know that's not like like normal you know and um so yeah i can see that some of the fears might be around what are people going to think are people going to think i'm really boring am i going to be does that mean i'm boring yeah. <laughs> um no, true. And also yeah. fear, fear of social situations where you're going to be you know if you're invited to a party yeah yeah no and yeah. if you say well, i'm not i think the first thing people say yeah. is oh well, you're and you're like no. yeah yeah. <laughs> no. yeah i think the the big thing about the social stuff the social life stuff is everybody to a person every single sober sister that said i'm going out on friday night with my friends and it's going to be terrible you know and and they go out and they don't drink and they have the best time they've ever had nobody actually notices that they've not drank um and they you know and to be honest once people are about three or four drinks in they don't care anyway you can do whatever you yeah want. they're too drunk to care so you know it, it it's a real it's a real myth that you know fun and excitement and interesting life equals lots of alcohol because mm -hmm. you will actually find out quite quickly that it's it's totally not you know yeah completely yeah it's you know so much better what what are there any other challenges you know again you'd be speaking to women in your community daily really about this and that you know and um i know that you your community is a very safe space where um you know the where women can kind of be very honest about how they're feeling the sort of mm. struggle what what kind of challenges do people face um, when we boot in their alcohol? Aside from, yeah, I think I think probably the biggest one, which is why I've got the courses that are really as much about personal development as they are about giving up alcohol, is is their own limiting beliefs, your own story. You know, yeah. you think that because you have a parent or a brother or a relative who's an alcoholic, so therefore you're never going to be able to give up. Um, that you tried once in 1983 and it didn't work, so you can't do it now. Um, that you've tried other things in your life, like being on a diet or taking up exercise, and you're not very good at that either. And you've not succeeded at that. So you're not obviously going to succeed at giving up alcohol. We tell ourselves a million stories every day. And you'll know this from, you know, your mum's, oh, I can't do it, you know. And you you can. It's just a story you're telling yourself. And in, in getting them to understand that it is just a story. I mean, my, my view about, lots of people will probably disagree with me, but my view of what an alcoholic is, is basically somebody who's definitely not on Facebook. If you're an alcoholic, mm -hmm. you're not going to be sitting social mediaing, without a doubt. You know. So if you're in the group, for me, I don't consider you to be an alcoholic, um, because if you can log on and hold a reasonable conversation with somebody, then you know you're fine. It's yeah. just that we 
you know, and, and, and I don't mean this in a, in, a, in a negative way, but sometimes we have that story that we like to tell because it makes us feel special. Mm. You know, it's like, I'm an alcoholic, you know, you know, it's that, it's that feeling of, of needing yeah. that sort of love and attention from people, you know, and we, we sometimes we go about getting it the wrong way. So yeah. that is definitely, you know, one of the challenges is kind of convincing women that it's actually much easier than you think it is. And there's a big fear of withdrawal. Um, that when you come off, you're going to have the DTs, you know, which is the, uh, you know, the sort of really severe shakes and sort of it's it's basically life threatening. But the the reality is, you have to be drinking in excess of twenty units a day to be at right. risk. Of that. So yeah, you know, and obviously, I would say go to your doctor if that is the case. But if that's if if you're just doing what the rest of us have always been doing, the likelihood is that you'll have a ten day period where you'll feel um, a bit rubbish. Like you do, you know, if you decided to stop drinking coffee, you'd feel a bit rubbish for a while. It's the same, it, it, yeah. you know, a bit tired, a bit lethargic. You know, your sleep will be disrupted probably, um, but you know, your sleep's disrupted when you drink anyway. So. You just need to get that out of your system for your sleep to, to kind of you know to naturally improve back to what it was like when you were a teenager, which is just amazing. It's <laughs> the favourite about being sober. Honestly, I go to bed and I sleep for like eight hours every night. It is my favourite thing about honestly about being that. I get really excited about. <laughs> um, challenges. What else did I have there? Overcoming your own story. Yeah, probably actually one of the biggest challenges, which I think is quite sad, um, is actually other people. Mm. Um, other people can be unbelievably weird and unhelpful. Um, I've had sober sisters saying, you know, they told their friends and one woman said, uh, one, one husband of, of a friend said, I'll bet you 50 quid you can't make it till Christmas. You know, you know, and I said, well, you should have taken the bet and double made him double it if you did yeah. and give it a chance, you know, it was ridiculous. But then you've got, you've got people who, if you're out, you know, um, will go on, go on, mm. just have one, one's all right. But that's the problem, you know, is that one isn't all right. You know, yeah. I think that that's probably one thing I have learned in the last sort of year and a half of doing Sober Sisters, year and a bit, is that there are kind of, for me, I've noticed there are two types of people who have a relationship with alcohol. There's the majority yeah. of us, and I say this without a doubt, the majority of us who get to between two to three glasses and can't stop because alcohol is doing what it's supposed to do. You know, yeah. that's the majority of people. And then there are other people who can take or leave alcohol and don't really care that much about it, who can go out yeah. and have... I, my boss used to, every time we went out for tapas, she'd have two halves of lager and go, oh, that's my limit, I'm done now. That would be it. And I used to look at her and think, how do you do that? You know what I mean? I, I, I just never understood it. I mean, I understand it now. But I think the, so that 
you know, that, that goading into, and sometimes bullying, you know? Um, and it's amazing the, the, the kind of people who will try and bully you into drinking. It's like so many sober sisters have said they didn't want to go to a family party or they've reported that they went to a family party and their mother was trying to force them into having yeah. a drink. You know, one sober sister sat and drank, you know, mocktails, pretendy cocktails all night just to stop her mother from topping up her drink, you know? Yeah. So that's a massive challenge. But I think if you get to the point where you're ready to stop drinking, you have to get to that point and feel calm and comfortable and confident that you're doing the right thing for you. Yeah. And, you know, who cares about what anybody else thinks? If you're taking care of yourself, that's the most important thing. Um, yeah, and that, the other thing I think well, I found really useful probably <clears throat> is the is your attitude, the attitude that you adopt as a non-drinker. I totally accidentally decided when I gave up that I was going to adopt this nonchalant attitude towards it. That if yeah. anybody asked me, I would just go, oh, well, it was just getting in the way of stuff I wanted to do, which actually made people say, oh, so what do you want to do? And then you've got a conversation changer, which was great. But a lot of people, a lot of women especially, have, have sort of said like, you know, oh, why are you giving up? And they go, oh, well, you know, it was just... You know, and the minute that you do that, it, it's almost like you're kicking the door open for people to jump in and be judgmental yeah. and give their opinion and stuff like that. So I'm, I always advise if you're thinking of giving up, just take this kind of shoulder shrug attitude towards it, which is just like, oh, you know, just getting in the way. And and that I think, unless you adopt that kind of attitude, it can be very challenging if you haven't yeah. like, got it mind. Yeah, I think it, I think there are a lot of similarities between what you're talking about and um, kind of if I if I'm relating it back to um, you know exercise and, and and eating well, and it's like that whole concept of um, you know well I'm I'm um, I'm going I'm I'm, I'm going to go on this I'm going to go on this. I want to eat this way, I want to eat healthier and I want to cut this down, I want to cut that out, I want to reduce this. And then you're out with friends and friends are saying, you know, I'll just have a slice of cake or just, I'll have the, you know, have that or have this. And it's that social <laughs> pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, um, you know, obviously I know alcohol is a very different beast, but it's that kind of, um, I wonder if there's an element of it makes other people feel uncomfortable, maybe about the, their own drink. Maybe sure. they think that they're judged, you know. And I'm, you know, and I'm sure, you know, um, you know, for many that's not the case because it's it's not about them. Uh, yeah, but they'll yeah, invariably it's feel. It's one of the things I meant to mention uh, that is that when you tell people that you're giving up, and my my advice is just. Unless you absolutely have to, don't bother, you know, because when yeah. you do, you're inadvertently holding up a mirror to someone. And mm. and if and most people know that they drink too much. If they, you know, if they've mm. got a problem with it, they know. And when you do that, when you hold that mirror up, you, they know they don't want to have that conversation. And that's where the defensiveness 
and the uncomfortable conversations come from. And I, I would say my advice is, A, just do your own thing. Don't, don't make a big deal out of it. But I think when we're dealing with other people, my view is that we have to be compassionate and kind and loving mm -hmm. to as many people as we can be, as often as we can be. And if we become defensive in return, you know, by return of somebody being defend, you know, like trying to encourage us or bully us into drinking, I think it sets up a kind of negative discussion that spoils relationships. Um, yeah. And it's not necessary. I think, you know, we can just say, oh, you know, that's okay. You know, and, and just be light about it, you know, yeah. because I think if, because what's happened when, when women have done that is their friends have actually kind of approached them and said, oh, so that, that, that group thing that you said you're in, are you, what's it called? You know, or they've spontaneously stopped drinking themselves, you know, because they can see the difference that it's making to, to their lives, you know? So, um, it can, it, it can be other people probably, I think, but for me anyway, I think other people is probably the the hardest part, and friendships do disappear. That is, I, I there's not many women who haven't lost at least one friend. Um, yeah. But it's part because you change when you make that decision. It's a massive, you know, especially if you live in a community where it's 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 as common as a cup of tea. Um, yeah. you, you're making a really big decision um, to step outside of the norm of, of the way you live your life and to be honest if you can get beyond I don't know 30, 60 days the last thing you want to do is go to a pub you know because it's actually really boring to be with drunken people you know <laughs> because they say the same things it's really boring you know I mean you can be kind and nice about it, but it is actually quite, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit dull, you know, and most yeah. of our sisters will say, you know, hurrah for being the designated driver. And, you know, I went, I was home by half past 10 and I was in bed and had my, um, you know, no hangover. But the, the one thing I would add is that the people that love you, who really love you, the people who are your true friends, regardless of whether you drink or not, will still be your true friends. So yeah. it's not hundred percent. Could not agree with you more. And do you know what? The, you know, the, I have had the odd night out where I haven't drank. Not, I can't even remember what. I mean, obviously I've been pregnant, so that would have been one of the reasons. But there is a certain smugness <laughs> of getting into bed and actually getting up and feeling clear-headed, and still having had a really good night out. <laughs> It's the best, honestly. I love, yeah. I love that. When your husband's dying in bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love it when there's, there's, a, there's always a point where a sober sister, kind of light bulb goes on, you know, and she'll report on it maybe a Sunday afternoon. She'll go, oh my God, I have just had the most amazing weekend. I've taken the kids out, you know, we've been out you know we've been boating on the pond and we've been for a picnic and we've been to the cinema and you know all the housework's done and you know my husband's still in bed with his hangover 
you know, and it, it's, you know, it, and it's, and I think in terms of, you know, that I know you, you sort of your community is, is mums, um, a lot of mothers have reported um, massive, massive improvements in their relationship with their children um, because they've got more patience, because yeah. they're clear headed and they, they're, you know, and I think probably of all the qualities that you need, if I, I mean, it's, it's a long time since I was where I needed to be that intensive as a mother, may not adults now, but um, that the one thing you need more than anything else is patience. And you cannot have patience if you've got a, half a hangover or a full one, you know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I've had a lot of mums reported that just in the last week or two, how that they were quite sad that the, solid, the summer holidays were coming to an end. Amazing. Yeah. You just thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so many benefits to, to sobriety. So many. Yeah. So how can how can someone get started, Jules? If they want, you know, you know, anyone who's maybe listening to what we talked about on the replay like now or on the replay and you know, they've kind of taken you know, they're kind of taking tidbits of what we're talking about. And I think, actually, do you know, I do want to, I definitely want to cut down, if not, you know, quit, but I definitely maybe want to cut down. Um, and maybe I do want to go sober, I don't know, until I kind of try. Um, how yeah. can someone get started if you want to start going down that, that path? Well, the or is it, is it just blanket kind of gone, you know? Moderation is from my experience from everything that i've seen moderation is which is the standard term for uh, controlled drinking you know you choose when you drink and um you only say have a couple of a certain number of drinks or whatever my experience so far of moderation is that it is virtually impossible unless you have reached a point where your relationship with alcohol is that you know you don't care about it one way or the other um hmm. like now i could moderate if i wanted to because i don't care about alcohol but i wouldn't give up feeling hmm. like this about anything now so hmm. um but i think that um so I, I i think moderation is as far as i've seen actually moderation is the path to drinking more because you keep trying to have a little bit and alcohol does what it does and makes you want to drink more so yeah you know it's kind of like worse so I, I don't necessarily recommend that route but i think the important thing to start is just to sit down and have a bit of a quiet think and and sort of decide for you you know make the decision um because you've got to get to that point on your own um yeah and i think as well is to sort of be, be prepared because if you've been drinking relatively heavily, you need to um, be aware that the first 48 hours is going to be a bit rubbish. You know, mm. you're going to be very tired, very lethargic, probably headachey. Um, and you just, you know, I, I remember my first 10 days, I just did nothing but sleep. You know, I thought I turned into a pensioner. You know what I mean? It's just like sit down, fall asleep. <laughs> um so you know so don't stop 
if you've got to go to work the next day, you know, if you could do it at a weekend or whenever your day's off or sort of be prepared, do some research, you know what I mean? Do, do some research. There's enough information online to give you some idea of what, what to do. Um, I had a look on the NHS website um, for, for sort of advice and stuff. And, you know, that's what they say. The first 48 hours is a bit rubbish. But the, the, one of the big things they talk about is getting support. And, you know, obviously I've got sober sisters, but there's lots of other groups out there. You know, please come and join us. It's fantastic. But, you know, I, I don't profess to be the only answer to sobriety for every woman in the world. That would be really nice, but unrealistic. Um, so I think that... You know, having being in a community, whether that's a friend, you know, you could get a friend, um, you know, a family member or get on one of the Facebook groups. Um, there's a lot of amazing information out there. And just, you know, I, I know if you come into my group, I, there's no expectation. You can lurk as much as you like. I have lots of lurking women. Yeah, um, I love a lurker. Yeah, I, mean, I, I for a while actually, I thought I thought my group was rubbish, actually, but then I had I discovered group insights and I realised that it's about ninety five percent of the group are actually reading and and you know they're there, so yeah. it's fine, um, and I don't have a problem with that. But I I think um, and I have a and I'm going to do a plug. I've got a ten day alcohol detox course um which will pop some links up later and whatever um which and because one of the things i'm a great advocate of is you uh, and it's actually i try not to go on too much about this but one of the reasons that i'm not an advocate of aa i don't disagree with it or you know especially but one of the things in aa that i have a particular issue with is that it's if you subscribe to the AA theory of alcohol and your relationship with it, you have to agree that you are powerless over alcohol. And I've got a really big problem with that because alcohol is an inanimate object. It doesn't crawl up your leg and down your throat. You know, mm. you put your hand on it and you pick it up. And I don't believe... I don't know one woman that's not strong, especially a woman that's had a baby. You know, we're all amazing. Um, so, you know, I truly believe that we have the strength. It is completely within our own power. But one of the things that you need to do is to kind of get clear about why you drink. It's mm. probably the most important thing. And part of all of, all of my courses have an element of journaling um, in them. So, because you know the answer yourself, you already know the answer. You haven't quite, if it's not at the forefront of your mind yet, a bit of journaling will help it come to the to the front of your mind. Um, so, things like journaling, I think, is massively important because it, you know, it can reveal things that your subconscious is trying to tell you, and it's like, hello, can you? Can Listen, please. I mean, my yeah. journal told me I needed to stop drinking and I had no idea. I'd been journaling about alcohol for three months before I realised I was doing it. I just happened to look back when I was having this conversation with my friend and I kind of went, oops, you know. Light bulb. And it, 
light bulb and moment, yeah. That, and so the answers are all there. So all of the work that I do is journal-based because I just think um, I don't have the answer for you. I don't have the answer for anybody. I've got some general advice because I've my head's full yeah. of so much information. But you know what the answer is for you. And if you don't know it now, you know, you'll find it in, in yeah. just by exploring your relationship with alcohol. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I could keep you here until midnight. This is just, oh, you know. fascinating. And, and I have to, and, you know, for anyone who's kind of watching this and thinking, right, okay, what is this online community that Jules has? I'm, I joined the online community with just curiosity and, um, you know, and we've only been in, in the group a very short time, but the support and the empathy um, of the women in the group is amazing. One of the things I just want to jump on, I'm, I'm really conscious that we've kind of run over a little bit, but Obviously. a couple of things. One of my, my key takeaways from kind of what you said, Jules, is the key thing, I think, with anything um, when you're starting a new journey um, in that respect, whether it be fitness, whether it be um, self-care, whether it be, you know, reducing alcohol, whatever it is, it's actually that accountability. And I think because that's where people struggle. And I think, you know, if you try and do anything on your own, that's, you um, know, that's what I think. feel very we're very clever and we can talk ourselves out of anything and i think that's where the what you do with sober sisters um and i think the online accountability piece is really really important because yeah. it's a judgmental space and i think there's also that safety isn't there isn't it, that you know um if you were to go to like a you know um a meetup you know it's a bit like you're face to face there's always that safety isn't there because it you're behind a computer and yes, you feel like there is that you know um, and i feel that, that you know from what i've seen in the group is that, that that the women are really just really there to kind of give advice and you know yes got this the event coming up and i don't know how i'm going to handle it you know it's really really surprised me about the group because i thought i would just get lots of women who were drinkers but i actually have about it's about 50 percent of women who've been sober for quite a long time who want to support um and who are still looking to keep that that sort of in the forefront of their mind that that's a relationship that they want to continue to manage and one of the things that happens a lot in the group is you know we have blue monday for every for those you know those women who are, are like i'm on day one again you know yeah i'm there I'm on day one again. And the response is always, it's okay. It's absolutely fine. Don't worry. You know, you're, it's the next step on the journey to success. That's, you know, yeah. and that thing, and, and women are happy to be accountable. You know, they're happy to, because they know it's a safe space. So, yeah. you know, I, 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 think... I, I, I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I cry a lot too, but I think it's just tiredness. <laughs> Um, Jules, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure and an inspiration and an education. And I just really want to acknowledge the work that you're doing and the support that you're offering to women. And um, 
say it's it's just fantastic and very inspirational so um for anybody who is really interested in i know jules touched on she's got a, a new online course a 10-day course um i know that um jules will be posting some links to um the group on the website so if anyone wants to reach out to her and have a chat i know that jules is very open to either chat in the group or chat privately yeah then please be private yeah, yeah. No problem at all. And, um, and, and can I just add, if they want to come and join the group and then find it's not for them and leave, it's totally fine. There's no, you know, I, you know, I don't, I mean, to be fair, my turnover is quite low. I don't lose a lot of people. But if, you know, if you just want to come in and sort of, you know, be a wallflower and sit and have a look at what's going on, it's absolutely fine. You know, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to become a fully fledged sober sister and bear your heart and soul every day. It's completely fine. You've got you've got you've got twelve hundred members in such a short space of time. Just goes to show that actually, um, you know, the the people that are joining are, you know, they're saying, you know, to their friends, are saying, Do you know what, I'm at this group and it's so support and it's word of mouth and it'll be. Yeah you know so there's and half our facebook algorithms really bloody <laughs> yeah. algorithm yeah. um yeah there will be some posting obviously all the details to jules website her group um her online call so if anybody wants to reach out to jules please feel free to i know she'll be more than happy to chat yeah, to you um Next month, I'll be chatting to the inspirational Heather Rose about positive mindset and that the impact that this has on our everyday life. So there'll be more information to follow about that soon. So from me and from Jules, thank you so much for your time. Take and care and enjoy. Thank you so much. It's been really good. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Jules. Take care and enjoy your evening. See you later. Bye-bye.